Welcome back to Balls and Corruption, everybody. LA is our house's World Cup prediction and recap show. We are now officially down to the final four. The final week of the World Cup is here, sadly. Only four games remain on the schedule, and we actually have a surprise. We didn't really call that, but wow. Here to talk about it, Mr. David Arona. Hey, and Mr. Bobby Lepe. I know, yeah, only four more games. Oh, so horrible. I am your host, Louis Burrow. Now, before we begin with uh, the games and all the World Cup stuff, we uh, w- w- we can't talk about that without, without having to talk about the tragedy uh, that happened in uh, Qatar a few days ago. Uh, journalist Grant Wall um, tragically passed away during the Argentina-Netherlands game. Um, Obviously, it's very saddening to hear something like that. We were all in shock. Uh, I know Bobby was just waiting for... I yeah, was, I couldn't. I didn't believe it. I was like, "No, we're just going too fast on the internet. Yeah. Can we just hold up?" Like, we'll yeah, see I mean, Bobby was really expecting, like, yeah. "No, Grant Wall's just gonna pop up and be like, what? What are you talking about? I'm right here.'" <laughs> like, no, like it's you know, stop spreading rumors. Um, but obviously, you know, yeah, as Bobby said, the internet moves very, very quickly. We live, we live in the age where news from across the globe can just reach us in uh, a split second, and so, you know. We were devastated as much as anybody else in the uh, U.S. soccer community. Uh, he was obviously very influential uh, in growing the sport here in the country. Um, we uh, the the what the show that we're doing right now uh, is a spinoff of a show that he inspired. Right, he he inspired balls and beers. Uh, we say that um, in every first episode of the season that it was because of him uh, that uh, made us think about, hey, maybe we should start predicting MLS games and see how we do. Um, and so, you know, he, he uh, it's just it's just odd to to say it out loud that you know someone as like prominent as him is no longer with us. Um, Dave? Uh, no, yeah, I, like you guys said, I was I was in shock and, and just waiting for news, whether it was confirmation or, or otherwise, that, you know, w- what Grant Wall was going through. Um, l- looking at, there's been a lot of uh, speculation and a lot of stories and everything uh, regarding, you know, the, the things that happened at the time before and everything. Um, he did mention that he had been pretty worn down and, and everything. And, you know, that I understand that happens when you're, you're burning the candle at both ends, which it seemed like he did pretty often. Um, again, we, we never, it, it's, it's tragic. It's always sad when, when somebody who was as young as he was, I think he was, he had just turned 49 two days before, um, Somebody as young as, as Grant Wall, um, uh, obviously, just uh, all the other stuff aside, uh, is tragically taken away from us. Um, that's you know that's that's always something to be sad about, and of course, um, the the body of work that he leaves behind, and uh, you know the body of work that he'll he'll never get to do. And I only hope that um, others are going to pick up the you know the the mantle and 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 continue his work. And I know that. As you said, Lewis, we 
this game is in part inspired by something that Grant Wall posted one time, and we did try to get him uh, on the pod a few times, and you know, sadly, we just were not able to uh, getting in good contact with him. And and now knowing that you know um, that will never happen, um, obviously, is is um, something that that we are going to reflect on, and we'll continue to do this. Uh, you know, I guess this game in in honor, I guess, of him um, and continue to try and and do a sliver of the the amount of uh, work and soccer coverage that he provided um, for the community when nobody really cared about soccer. He was the one that was championing and not only soccer, but you know, cover college basketball. Of course, he has the, the very famous um, story that he did, he did about LeBron James um, and, and probably countless others. Uh, you know, there, there's not going to be another guy like him for for a while, or another journalist like him for a while. Uh, but there's also lots of other people out there doing great work. So um, seek those people out, obviously. Um, and uh, Grant, here's here's to you, buddy. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the 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 good things that you saw on social media was the outpouring of love and all the beautiful stories that his colleagues and his friends shared about him. They all seemed to mimic the exact same story, right? Uh, that he was a good guy, um, that he was always willing to uh, lend a helping hand. That had you know gave people shots, gave uh, people advice. Didn't always had time. Uh, for everyone, and so you know, uh, j- just reading all of that, um, you know, shows what what um, lasting impression he left on everybody around him. So, so yeah, it um, th- that was really uh, nice to read. But yeah, much love to uh, to his family, who you know, I, I can't even imagine um, what they're going through right now. So, so as David said, this one is for you, Grant. And uh, thank you for everything that you've done. All right, so we uh, transition, kind of a really hard turn here. Um, before we get into the games, uh, when during the United States, uh, while they were still playing, obviously we would talk about performance. We talked about uh, what happened, what needs to be done. One of the things we talked about last was, you know, uh, Greg Berhalter. How much credit should he be given? Um, should he be coach uh, in the next cycle and stuff like that? And we criticized him for why in the world is Gio Reyna not playing in the World Cup? Well, what is going on behind the scenes? Is it a tactical decision? Is there something that we don't know about? Well, we know a little bit more. Um, <laughs> it turns out that, that there was some sort of controversy that happened leading up to uh, game number one. Uh, of the World Cup for the United States. And it almost seems uh, every hour something new or a new twist comes out. Uh, so ever since this uh, story came out, um, we've heard different sides of the story or at least a different viewpoint. And uh, obviously Twitter has gone on a, uh, you know, into the cesspool that it normally <laughs> gets themselves into when it comes to something like this. Um, so it turns out that Greg Berhalter... Um, I, 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 don't, I don't even know how to say it. It's, it's not inadvertently out Gio Reyna because he obviously had to know who in the world he was talking about. I don't, I don't um, know. I don't know if he really did, honest, to be honest with you. Well, and, and 
who else is it going to be? I mean, I'm not. Was, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to give Berhalter the benefit of the doubt. I think we've all kind of understood what level he's. We think he's at, and we did give him credit, and we did, you know, put him on blast for the mistakes that we thought he made. But with that being said, like this furthers the idea that he's not the right manager to to continue on with this group like he did a good job of building out the 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 roster and when you have a coach that creates this kind of division and says something like this even off the record knowing that people talk and that we live in an age where as soon as you say something something is going to get repeated to somebody else and then it's going to catch fire especially yeah. over a embattled decision like the one that they made in Qatar uh, to not play Gio Reyna for whatever reason there was. There was already controversy around it. Eric Winalda's comments didn't make anything better. Um, it's it's a mess. And I think, funny, oddly enough, a lot like the Galaxy, the best way to do it is just to quietly shuffle off the, the thing that's eating away at the underbelly of, of this team. And Look, last year, we were at a point where we were never going to see Wes McKinney in a U.S. men's national team jersey ever again, right? Remember when Landon said there's no coming back from something that he did? Was that last year? That was last year. Oh, man, it seemed like ages ago. Right, it seems like ages ago because we all forgot about it because McKinney came back and it was fine. Yeah. Um, I expect that the same thing will happen with Gio Reyna. He's going to come back and it's going to be fine. It's going to blow over. It's just – it's – it kind of puts a smile on my face, to be honest with you, Lewis, because what's the one thing that I always talk about in terms of what's going to get us to that next level in in the world stage in, in soccer? It's creating the culture and um, letting letting the game and the, the, you know, whatever, all of it seep into the culture of the the, the minds of the United States fans. And we've reached that football picante level of like backroom drama. You know, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I mean, what I'm saying is we've started to reach that level. You know what I'm saying? Have we? Next thing you know, next thing you know, we're 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 gonna be we're we're gonna be following you know coaches and their and and their their you know, their wives and, and things like that. It's it look, it's it's all sort of part of this like toxic sports culture where we obsess over something um that we really have no control over. Um I think this is gonna be fine. I think that this is gonna blow over. I think the signals that Gregor Berhalter's time with the United States is over. Um oh, yeah. and and I don't think there's any way back from from this. I don't I think it'll be a PR nightmare if they continue on with Berhalter's tenure. So I think we can kind of, I, I almost kind of want to put the subject to bed. Like, yeah, Gio's a 20 year old kid. He literally turned 20 while he was there in, in Qatar. Um, he's going to do and say, and, you know, be a, a pouty prima donna because that's just what players do sometimes when they're young at that age and they're, and they're being told they're the most gifted and they're the most special. And they're the, the, the savior of, of the national team. I mean, look at what happened with Freddie at And, and Landon was like this when he was young, it's going to be fine. 
I think it's going to be fine. I just think that Berhalter's time with the national team is over. And I'm looking forward to seeing how the program continues on and moves on. And I do think that with guys in leadership positions like Weston McKinney and Christian Pulisic and Tyler Adams, I think that they will find a way to move on from this because ultimately they're they're competitive and they know that Gio Reyna is going to be able to help them on the field and they know that whether they like him or not or whatever, you know, whatever rubbed them the wrong way because apparently uh, Tyler Adams and, and Gio Reyna had to be separated. That's just a fire that happens when you're in a competitive environment like that. I think that's right. that can be easily explained. Yeah. So I I, I, I'm not I'm not worried about this. If nothing else, this helps to like cleanse everything out of uh, and air, you know, airing this something like this out will break will will bring like a camaraderie back into the team once it's once it blows over. Um. So w- with my piece here, it's obviously, um, they're, they're both in the wrong because you know if you're looking at social media, you know the the Burhalter out crowd are basically celebrating this as I don't know what exactly you're celebrating and then the Burhalter in crowd is like you know it's like they're, they're turning on Gio Reyna I'm like well what if you're both in the wrong right Burhalter didn't handle the situation correctly um the fact that he said this out loud even off the record not good and then Gio's attitude is inexcusable I don't know how somebody can defend it um no matter how you spin it it's very bizarre that you're going to defend this like sure you have an ego but you know yeah you need to learn how to control that and also the coach the coach has to understand and learn how to manage these egos this is going to happen right this isn't like rare to see it's actually very common to see in any sport that you're going to have egos and you're going to have to keep these uh, uh players in check um but just the way everything was handled and the, the stuff that we're hearing coming out, um, it gets a little bit more bizarre. I mean, there was a survivor-style vote of whether or not you wanted to put Geo back on a plane. Um, you know, one person saying it's true. I think Taylor Twelman came out and said, nope, this is not true. Um, either way, I think whether or not that happened – I think that there was division in that camp more so than we originally thought. And there had to be some sort of tension going on um, with that because, you know, there are some people that I'm sure that there are some players that will back up um, Gio on this. And I'm sure that there are some players that are going to back up Burhalter on this. Um, So for me, the fact that United States got into the round of 16 again with this type of tension with this type of division with that going on and behind the scenes right right leading up to the tournament um again it's a talented group you got to pick the right coach one that's going to be able to harness that talent do you know make them play above and beyond and still able to you know is able to manage um that ego Uh, of the players, which will, you know, add four years to it. Uh, They'll be in their primes, uh, presumably better, (laughs) Um, maybe playing on better teams more frequently. Who knows? And of course the incoming, uh, you know, 
group of kids that will inevitably be be there to to challenge them. So it's going to be interesting to see. But yeah, everything that's come out has just been so bizarre. It's been so odd. Um, some things you just kind of, like I said, like the the vote to to send him home. Like, was it really that bad that he just quit on the team? Like, that's just really bizarre that it would even if even if there was no vote, the fact that it was even that it crossed their minds that it was that bad that they had to be sent home. You know, that that's pretty again, that's kind of that doesn't look good on Gio, obviously. Um, and I hope that he learns from this. And, you know, at the same time, I want to say this piece too, because there was he's saying that he was being told leading up to the World Cup that he was not gonna play, basically. He said your time, your playing time is gonna be very limited, which is weird to say the least that a coach would say that because now I'm wondering, okay, did he go up to everybody and say something similar? Like, did he go up to Dilatorian and say, yeah, you're probably not going to get any playing time in this tournament unless we have a slew of injuries. Or did he go up? Cause he never saw a single minute on the pitch in that turn in, in this tournament. Did he go up to Aaron long and say something similar? Did he go up to Jordan Moore and say, yeah, your time is going to be very, very limited. Did he uh, go up to Ferreira? Morris played. Yeah, but but did he? Ferreira got more minutes than he should have. Yeah, but I, no, did he tell I, him? Look, we could do this with every single player. I don't think. Yeah, but that's I what I'm saying. No, this isn't the case. It, I think it's very we obvious. Don't. I don't think we have to spend 25 minutes talking about, uh, you know, how what a what a bad man manager Greg Berhalter turned out to be. But I do think that you know, like I said, it's it's all kind of a moot point because this time is over. It's done. It's it, well, that, you know, that's what true. are we, what are we supposed to do? We talk about but it. I mean, we other, can continue to talk about it, or we can move forward. But the other side of it is that. You know, it, it came. Oh God! Now I, I lost it. I, I thought it was. I thought I had it in here, but someone had someone had tweeted out saying that when Gio went in during the England game, that there were some players that were unhappy that he even went into that game, and that Greg got soft for putting him in that game. God! Now I have to find that tweet. Um. I actually should have sent it to you guys. I don't know why I did it. Um, it's gonna be difficult to find that. I don't remember who tweeted that. Um, you know, so it's again, it's gonna be a, you know, he said this, well, he said that, and so there's gonna be a lot of speculation. You're right. Talking about Burhalter's mismanagement now, it is a moot point. But talking about what Geo's attitude, you know, how it affected the team and what type of you know lasting effect that will have going forward. That is something that's worth talking about because I think he's young. He made a mistake. He can correct it. You know, I think he can be forgiven. I think he can write it. Whoever the next coach is, obviously, he's going to have to have a sit down with him. He's not going to just pretend this didn't happen. Um, and I think Gio's going to have to earn that trust and respect from his teammates going forward. Um, I think that is a talking point. The fact that his teammates more upset that he got on the field. So, you know, if there is going to be that type of tension going forward, he's going to be, regardless of how talented and skillful this guy is, he's going to be extremely toxic in the lock in the locker room, which is obviously going to affect the performance of the team. And you can't have that. And hopefully this did not, you know, end his career with the national team, but it's certainly hit a major snag and i i kind of suspect that a little bit more will come out 
in the in the upcoming time. Um, I can't wait till someone figures out. Maybe we should go talk to John Brooks because <laughs> you know something happened there as well. So, um, but yeah, I, I, it's uh, obviously a very interesting. I mean, story. You, Ricardo Ricardo Pepe I and mean, Ricardo he, Pepe. He, yep. Yeah. There's another one. Yep, Ricardo Pepe. I mean, like I said, you could go down the list, but yeah, I, I think it's it's pretty well documented that Greg Berhalter did not make great decisions, right. um, and and you know that's the reason they're out of the tournament. It's it's amazing they accomplished what they did, but now now it's time to move on and look for twenty twenty six. But we still have this World Cup to finish. Yep. So. Quarterfinals are done. We had uh, quite a few good games here. Penalties, once again, uh, being a central point in uh, in the outcome of these tournaments. Let's go ahead and get started. Um, Friday morning, Croatia versus Brazil. I think we all predicted very easily, without any sort of hesitation, that Brazil was going to win this game. There was no way that they couldn't win this game. They just had too much talent, too much offensive power. Um, Croatia is just, this is where their run ends, and this is where probably more than likely the last time we see Luka Modric play for Croatia. And um, for a hundred and, what, 112 minutes or so, we were deadlocked. Um, Croatia wasn't that close uh, to the goal. Uh, it looked like Brazil was probably just playing the better game, had more offensive opportunities. Uh, but um, the Croatian goalkeeper uh, had the game of his life, saving you know ten shots. Um, Brazil finally break through. God, I miss golden goal. God, I miss golden goal. Um, you guys, you guys gave me a hard time about this. You, you asked me whether or not this was, was it uh, uh, Neymar's goal, right? No, Lewis, Lewis, yeah, Lewis. yeah. He, yeah, he asked me whether or not it, you were like, oh, I'm surprised you didn't say Neymar's goal was a golazo. And what did I say? I said, well, it's not a game winner yet. Um, which still prompts me to make fun of you, like which, you're, 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 which was, which was true. If that was the, if that was the goal, no. if that was the only goal of the game. I would have called that a golazo. That was a, which if, that was a if that was a golden goal, that would have been a golazo. Which I think it is was, hilarious to me that like your your, your rules of golazos just kind of. It like was an incredible. It was that. an incredible feat. It was an incredible feat, and it was a good goal. <laughs> but the level of importance was not there, so no golazo for me. It's a World Cup, David. Any goal is a golazo. It's not um, a World Cup final. It's a World Cup. Not a World um, Cup final. Uh, three minutes before. Uh, the end of extra time, Croatia finds an equalizer, sending it into penalty kicks. And at that point, you figure, yeah, this is Croatia's. I kind of <laughs> feel like that one was more of a golazo than the than the, the, the Brazil one, but the Neymar's. But then I can't remember exactly what Croatia's goal was anymore right no, now. It was, uh, it was a... It was know, just a scramble, right? It was a no. It, it was a nice goal, but it was not a golazo. Okay. Um, Croatia pulls off the major upset, yeah. takes out Brazil in penalties. They are in the semifinals for the second year in a row. Their Cinderella run continues. Um, 
look, here's the thing. I, I I have said that I think in the last episode, maybe maybe at around sixteen, I had said that the ultimate dark horse is Croatia. You know, they got to the semifinals in '98 on their debut. Um, you know, they, they got to the final in 2018. They, they're in the semifinal again in 2022. When you think of Croatia, you don't think superpower, but man, they make some deep runs. I, so I only, I only think about the checkerboard. Jersey. Yeah, that's, like, that's all I think about when I think about Croatia, to be honest with you, but I finished. Okay. So I finished captains, Lewis. Okay. And, and something that Modric said in captains where he talks about how you know they grew up or he grew up watching that 98 team those were his idols and they were his his heroes and he's hoping to bring in the young squad that they have now and mentor them you know and 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 the younger guys said the same thing about modric and the team that made it to the final because they were all kind of old you know mazuke and and, uh rakitic um and and they said the same thing, and I thought this is this is beautiful. Like this is such a beautiful story about a team that like you don't expect them to really do anything. You know, they they're a little tiny country. Uh, you don't associate them with a superpower, but they have. Um, you know, it's not just Luka Modric that is that is sort of you know propelling them. You know, there's there's ten other guys out there in the field plus you know the the, the rest of the team, but. Um, what an incredible story. I mean, you know, uh, I will not call Croatia the dark horse uh, because the last two dark horse uh, picks that I had uh, crash out of the tournament. So definitely not my dark horse of the tournament. Uh, and neither is Morocco. <laughs> um, all right. So one of the favorites, one of the pre-tournament favorites is now gone. Um, Croatia takes them out. Let's go into the other big favorite, Argentina and the Netherlands. Um, this was a good game. This was a, this was a fun game. This was a really yep. fun game. Probably one of my favorite in the tournaments. Um, I, I agree. I agree that it was a, a great game, but it's also, you know, kind of, it's it's got the shadow of of Grant Wall looming over it. Um, yeah. It's you know it's unfortunate because I think he was he was he was at that game. That's the game he where was, he yes. ultimately collapsed and died. Sure, but I mean we until didn't hear after. about it until but now after, knowing so it didn't it did it but it, it it put no no we enjoyed the game when it happened. It was exciting when it happened. It was incredible. It was a great match back and back forth. Come on, I mean yes, it sucks yeah. that Grant Wall died in that match, but. We're talking about how we on the, experienced on the field. this game. Fantastic how, game. How, the, how it played out. Uh, Bobby, how did you feel? Okay, yes. so I, I want to get Bobby's perspective on this. Well, I called Netherlands. How did, how did you feel about the level of chippiness at, in this game? Because uh, not only the level of this chippiness, but the pettiness. I mean, there were multiple fights that broke out. There was a player that kicked the ball into the freaking uh, opposition. Into the, into the, yeah, mm-hmm. the bench. Messi, Messi yeah, was no, talking I mean, smack. I, I mean, the guy who never to the coach, the, the guy end, who yeah. never <laughs> like shows emotion is out there, you know, talking trash to the coach and then calling people stupid in the in the press conference after. I mean, wow, it was the yeah. ref. 
and it, it was it was surprising. It was surprising to see that level of animosity starting to grow um, in the game. But I mean, it's World Cup, and they're fucking fighting their asses off to get into the next round. And you know, our, you know, you know, Argentina's view in it. You know, they need to get they need to take the the the, the god to the to the final. And um, and Netherlands were working their asses off to get in there, and I I thought they had an incredible game. This was an incredible game, um, and I it was yeah definitely the most entertaining of that day for sure. Uh, I'm gonna just say one thing about the Croatia Brazil uh, game. I'm glad Brazil's out. I thought that they played this entire time as if they should have been handed the trophy without even trying, and they deserve to lose. Uh, they've only they only made they only had what two entertaining games out of five. Nah. What so, a turn not, from Bobby. Oh Brazil. my goodness. No, I've been saying that every every episode. I, I can go back and I can go back and quote Bobby a little differently, but okay. Well we'll, we'll get move on. But my, my piece I've said those words specifically uh, uh, those words exactly. You were you, yeah, I feel like you were kind of like disappointed that that brazil wasn't there but then when neymar because but that was also when neymar wasn't there this and now in this time no, was you neymar. guys were the ones that were saying that you guys were the ones saying oh when neymar's back then they'll be yoga bonito again you that you guys were the ones saying and i go well we'll see i'm not sure about that i go because they keep acting as if they they're they they, they have it in the bag all the time i mean uh, again if uh, when neymar came back obviously they had the the South Korea game in which they won very, very easily. Uh, it could have stopped it at halftime. This game was was well over at that point. And then in this game, obviously, you're facing a much tougher opponent. So scoring goals at will was not going to happen. But, you know, if you look back at this game, look, that Croatia keeper, he, he had the game of his life. Uh, he stopped. All, okay. So, no, absolutely. So, no, so you can't true, say that Brazil didn't create chances, they didn't do anything and that they were boring. They more than they, they did more than enough to win the game. No, no, they no, but but their but their motivation in the game was all always chill. Like they're like we're going to get the we're going to get the is goal that no matter not, what. So just don't let, let's not press. That, let's not let's not but, make but it But that make, laid hmm? back Isn't that Brazil style? Like they make things no, look that so easy. No, that is not easy. Brazil style when they're not they, winning. It is not their style when they're not winning. That's their style when they're up 3-0, 4-0. That's the style. Not when they're 0-0. I mean, zero. they were, uh, again, w- w- if I'm looking at the game, and I, if I recall the game correctly, Brazil was the one that's a little bit more on the front foot there. Um, they were definitely more on the front foot, but it wasn't in anything of, of, of any, like, um, I'm trying to think of the word, but... Uh, um, I don't know why I'm blanking on the word, but they they didn't seem to have the drive to to really to really understand that like we got to get this game to like right now. They I just felt like they just felt like we're gonna get it no matter what. We're gonna we're knocking on the door. We're gonna isn't get that, it. We're gonna get it. Isn't that and called they, confidence? Yeah, but they <laughs> well, that's winning. not. I mean, yeah, but then again, so I go back. They were confident that they were gonna score. Croatia's goalkeeper. But that's what I'm saying. They were acting like they had it in the bag. That's literally okay, what right. I'm saying. It's overconfident. It's overconfident because you can't be confident on something you don't have yet or you don't really for sure going to grab it. And, dude, like, they couldn't. They were too overconfident. Like, all of the games, the only two games that were very entertaining was the first game and then that you just But you keep using the word and entertaining. So it wasn't necessarily that they didn't play well. They just didn't entertain you is what you're saying to me. 
Like you didn't like Brazil because they didn't entertain you, not because they didn't play yes. well. Oh, they bring that's yeah. the expectation that Brazil. That's, that's the expectation that Brazil that's always what we've been brings, saying. right? Is that uh, and that's what I've been saying in every single game that we've been talking it's about, not, about Brazil. It's not good enough. <laughs> like Brazil might be the only country that yes. it's not good enough that to win a they World play Cup. well. They have <laughs> yeah. to look really good, and they have right. to be tricks, and there has to be yoga bonito and all that stuff to while they're doing it. Um, and you know, I get it. That's that's a lot. That's yeah, that's, that's, the that's their brand, that's the brand, right? Exactly. And and I brought the. I, I think I mentioned this the other day when when Gafu was was coaching them. Uh, was it Gafu or Dunga? Gafu Dunga, with one of the one of those two guys, uh, was coaching them. Uh, he brought the like Bruce Arena style pragmatic, you know, Brazilian. And everybody hated it, and they hated it. Um, and and it was the worst Brazil team ever, even though you know they were, they were actually really good. Uh, it just wasn't the brand of Brazil that you're used to. And I think that was the case. I don't I don't think that they felt like they just had to be out there to win the game. I, I did see that they were you know they they were trying to win the game. Croatia was just one step ahead of them like they were they were better at playing chess than brazil and of course they would be their shirts are literally a chessboard <laughs> well i mean credit to croatia obviously they played a good uh, a good st- strategy a good defensive game and again th- their keeper came up huge when they had to and let's be honest you know in this game you need a little luck right i mean i i think i don't think that's a, a hot take uh, especially in games like this where the margin is so small, you know, a luck goes a long way. And in this particular case, uh, there were times that Croatia, yeah, they they did did get lucky that they didn't get scored on. And uh, yeah, luck, you know, so so luck and, and uh, willpower, like like right, the next game, right? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like you're, you're you're creating your own luck, right? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, congratulations to Croatia. Um, I I don't take anything away from them. I think they deserve it. Um, it's really hard for me to say. Um, saying that either. Uh, I, yeah. I, it's really hard for me to to say that this is a um, as big of a of an upset as a lot of people say it is. It is an upset. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Brazil's were favorite, yeah, but it's, it's like, hey, th- this is a finalist going into the semifinals two years in a row. Maybe that's kind of surprising in itself, but not really sure that we should continue to underestimate Croatia to the point where they have no chance. Right. So. We'll see how they do uh, against Argentina, and you know, uh, Argentina uh, also one of the favorites. Uh, well, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, so, going back to the Argentina Netherlands game, um, Argentina up two 0 pretty much they got it in the bag, um, and then you know, eighty third minute, eighty fourth minute, Netherlands pulls one back, and. 11. Just an incredible, incredible set piece goal. Yeah, and then in hundred and uh, the hundred and first minute, eleven minutes of injury time, there is a set piece goal that I think was of, of which reminiscent, were only nine, right? No, they, they were what, called the, nine. <laughs> excuse me, I don't remember. How, I, I think it was ten. I think it might have been ten minutes. I was added, and so that would have been the last play, regardless. Um, and it was very, um, very similar to a set piece that the United States had against Belgium in 2014. You guys remember that set piece, right? 
that like uh, like Dempsey just kind of like you know kind of like peeled away from the wall. And I, I don't remember who took the free kick, but you know he passes it to Dempsey, and he's all alone on goal. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. uh, keeper gets to that one. Uh, but mm. it kind of reminded me of that when when I saw the replay, I was like, "Hey, I think that United States tried something similar in 2014 and were like half successful in that it caught everybody off guard." But you know the the goalie was able to to to, to get there, uh, where uh, Argentina's goalie was not. Um, and I think, dude, that yeah, it was, was it, I mean, it was one of those, one of those moments that we have seen in this world cup repeatedly. We're like, there's no way that just happened. Cause we have seen that one's the, that one, I think it does. That one it does. It, I think that one really no, no, I, that was, no, 100%. Was, I think I got like five texts. Yeah. Like, holy shit. From like yeah. five yeah. different people. I was like, Oh, it's all thing. Holy shit. Ding, yeah. Holy shit. Ding, like, yeah. Cause like the audacity <laughs> to try that, like just like in, in, in that moment of the yeah. game, I mean, you got nothing to lose, I guess. You got nothing to lose, point. right. But, I mean, yeah, just just the incredible... Oh, yeah, and, and, and it works. They executed <laughs> it to perfection. And, oh, my goodness. I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> it's just, it, like I said, it's it's audacious. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Couldn't and then it. Uh, we go into extra time, and Argentina is the one that's pushing for the game. They're looking for the goal. I think they hit the the very last shot of uh, extra time, hits the post. Uh, again, uh, goal, uh, goalie came up big. Uh, Argentina was just the better side. So w- when it came to penalties, um, I think, and I think the I was watching the the Telemundo uh, broadcast, and you know they were saying that uh, obviously they didn't really take anything away from Croatia, but they figured, look, Brazil was a better team on that day. And I agree with that. I, I think Brazil was a better team on that day. They just could have score, and then they made a just a big mental lapse at the end of the game uh, to let Croatia equalize. Um, um, Argentina looked for the game. They, you know, they were the ones that were more like, okay, we, we need to push forward. We need to create. We need to look for this goal where Netherlands was just trying to survive. So, you know, where you would think that Croatia's penalty result wasn't necessarily justified of how the game went in the first, you know, in the 120 minutes that preceded it. Uh, this game they were talking about, well, the better team actually won in this one. Um, and I agree with that. So I want to I, I want to say that what you were talking about, like the the pettiness among uh, the players, there was a lot of, um, and I laughed at it. I thought this was really funny. You know the the amount of, you know, uh, hatred that was um, going toward the uh, Argentina players, and I just laughed at it because I was like, are you kidding me? Like these, like it takes two to tangle. You think that they were like. Just being jerks about this, you don't think that the Netherlands were, you know, talking their own shit. You don't think that they were doing stuff, you know, some sort of gamesmanship. Go back to the penalties. You know, everyone talked about that photo. You know, the moment that Argentina wins the penalty shootout, and they're all looking at the Netherlands, mocking them, you know, all that stuff. And that's the photo that everyone's like talking about. And I'm like, did you not watch the penalty shootout? Are you seeing what you want to see? Did you not see the goalkeeper get in the player's face? We don't know what's being said, but I can't imagine it's anything encouraging, right? You don't think that, you know, getting up in their face, standing in front of the ball, you know, players going in there trying to disrupt shit. Like, like, you don't, yeah, like, you don't, you don't think that, like, you know, like all that stuff that. I'm going to go left, okay? (laughs) Why the hell, if you're Argentina, you ended up winning why the hell wouldn't you do that? 
Like this is like you're playing the pinnacle well, of you your know, sport. Look, it's, I'm it's, sorry. It's bad sport. It's it is bad sportsmanship. I will say this: it's bad sportsmanship, but it's also. Do you did you expect something, you know, better than that? I, I also I also have to say that I took I found it very odd that Memphis Depay. Talk so much smack after eliminating the U.S. because he like reposted like the Charles Barkley thing and he reposted. I'm like, bro, that's just rhetoric from people that don't know what they're talking about. Like, why are you getting so mad at this right now? And I'm like, and and there's there's a whole story about uh, Memphis doesn't use his last name because as his dad's last name and he abandoned his mom and dad. And I'm like, is his mom? Yeah, so does his other player. Uh, too. Was it, is it Virgil Van Dyke? Because he has Virgil no, on the back. Like yeah, the he has Virgil on, the, on his jersey. Yeah. Oh, is it Virgil? Okay, then it might be Virgil. But I'm like, yeah, bro, is, 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 was your dad American? Like, why, why, why all this hatred <laughs> towards a lonely team that is not a, a soccer power uh, compared to the Netherlands? It, it, was, it was weird. So I was kind of – I was almost – I wasn't glad to see Argentina do that. But I did – I was just like hmm. – I was just kind of very smugly just kind of like enjoying it. I don't know. I just feel like, how do you not get at that point with the, yes, the way that exactly. that game played out? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, like I don't know how you cannot not be like like is nobody's gonna turn around and shake each yeah. other's hands yeah. right after that? Like nobody. Yeah. I mean, like uh, I I never really uh, again. Uh, you look at that and the way they they talk. I'm like, dude, emotions are running high. They've been bickering each other. Like th- this is the World Cup life. Right. This is uh, uh, a lot of these players understand, especially from the Argentina side. Like this is this is it. Right. This is our last chance to do this. Netherlands are fairly young, I think. So they still have more. And maybe that's them. Right. They they bicker. They're young. They got no fear. This was just a really good game. It they have a history of meeting each other in the knockout rounds. It's just, you know, it's sport, man. Shut up. Enjoy it. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to the other two games let's start with let's start with england and france because i'm going to save the other one for last england versus france uh this is arguably uh the way just the draw came out with their group with the brackets this is arguably going to be like the only game that france would really be challenged before they got to the final um that was the only one like, well, and of all the teams, it's 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 England, <laughs> right? Um, kind of don't want them to lose that game. Uh, so we're going to see France in the final, which is fine. I like the French team. Um, 2-1 victories. This one did not go to penalty kicks. 2-1 victory over France. But ironically, this was England's best game of the entire tournament. And they lost. <laughs> oh, you think? Well, okay. The first game against Iran, that didn't count. It's Iran. The sure, against no, okay, the United States was just, not a good game, person, and against Wales wasn't person, really all that great yeah. either. And then the round of sixteen was kind of dull. They was just kind of like you know that they, they. I think they had a good game plan uh, where they just like we had said that uh, it, it looks like they took the Netherlands strategy: let Senegal have the ball, dare them to score on us, and we'll just kind of pick you know, pick at where you leave the space and that's exactly what happened. Right. So there wasn't really anything 
dominant or i mean they still dominated the game let's just be honest but there wasn't anything dominant well i mean every game every single every single game they've played they've looked good i mean in general and i know you can pick pick and choose you know their opponents and whether they should look good or not against them but they've been looking good but in this england game i think they put they they they, they put their not their foot in their mouth but they what would you shoot their what's the term they they, they shot they, themselves they, in the foot they, yeah, there you go. Why am I forgetting the most simplest <laughs> things today? Uh, so, uh, so, so <laughs> many times with this England team, even though England did come really, really hard and 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 um, and and they were they seemed much better than they have been performing in in prior games of this competition. But um, I think France, like man, they they lucked out in this game because I mean this could have been a two two. It could have gone to extra time because the one penalty that um, Bell missed, not, not Bell. Kane, um, and then I think there was another thing that they pulled back. That there was, saved their asses. I would say that but, there was probably a penalty shout in the in the opening like twenty minutes that um, England probably should have had another penalty. <laughs> there are three penalties. No, um, I, I, that they, that, that, that they was missed. a good no. That was a good no call. But overall. But overall, this was one of the best, be- well, other than the Netherlands and Argentina, but we're talking about the I, I think, games. This I, was the best. I think evenly matched. Like, I think evenly matched. We it was, talked it about fun. it, you know, yeah. familiar foes. And and I think they they kind of like, this was the first time that I looked, I looked at France and go, oh, maybe there's some cracks. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, but that's how I see them. That's how I see them, that they, they can be bent and they can crack. Like I mean, every you know team... I mean? They're really yeah, good. I mean, every but, team man. has a weakness, whether or not you're able to exploit them or whether or not they show it as often as you would like is a different story. But, you know, I think England had a really good game plan. I think they executed it well. They had chances. They created chances. They went right at France. Um, it was back and forth. If you took away the two penalty kicks, um, taking away their XG, it was pretty even. Um, so, you know, and again, uh, this one officially did not go into penalties, but it was a penalty that kind of decided the game because if Harry Kane, uh, had made the second one, then we would probably going, be going to extra time. And honestly, I'm not even sure yeah. if this would have got to penalties to be honest. I think somebody would have found a winner in extra time. Um, to be probably. honest, remember I was texting asking yeah. for extra time, yeah. I'm like more soccer games. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not because I was going for anybody. I was just like, right. more, more uh, no, I mean, th- this was a good game. It was good back and forth. Uh, as I said, this is France. This was France's toughest test. Um, they, they withstood it. They kind of, you know, kind of, again, kind of lucked out a little bit. Um, I, 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 well, we obviously we're talking about this before the podcast. David and I agree. Bobby disagrees here. Uh, but that first goal, um, that's a golazo. I don't know what. Oh my gosh! It's it's such a sweet. It's it's such a sweet like hit, and the way that it the way that it dips and curls at you know toward as it gets to the goal, the way the goalie reaches out, you know, and 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 granted, okay. So first of all, David just wants to take it to bed. Maybe I do. Isn't that what? Isn't that what every golazo <laughs> is? Uh, and the way that, the way that Pickford, Pickford's little T Rex hands can't get there, you know, can't can't get there. Maybe maybe that that has something to do with it, you know. Maybe if he had like Loris's, uh, um, you know, giant stretchy arms, maybe maybe that's not even a goal. But you know, Pickford's little T Rex hands can't get there. It just it just hits so well, and it doesn't it doesn't hit anybody. It just goes in and has that little dip at the end, which makes it so sweet. It was going awesome, man. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I have to agree. I mean, the guy had no run up. He literally just caught it and like didn't even take a step. He just fucking like swung his his foot and he had that much power to hit it from that distance and still put it in like that spot that you couldn't get. Um, yeah, beautiful. It, it. I mean, it's it, yeah. It was like holy crap. Like I, the, the, on the on the first the first one, I yelled Golasso only because you know I have a thing for outside shots. On the replay, it's like, dude, did you even move? Like you didn't even move your left uh, your, your 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 left foot. Like you just straight up kicked it. Like how the hell did you get that much power? So like, so Andrew incredible. Andrew loves waving flag by Kanon, and the other day we were, we were um. He wanted to, to to hear the song, so I put it on the one on YouTube because that's the best one because it also includes highlights of the of the matches. Uh, and they were showing, you know, the the sizzle reel of of all the goals from the twenty was it twenty fourteen World Cup. And I was like, like, I can't wait to see the package that is going to include all the goals from this World Cup, and I do think that, that is going to end up on on that package. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to agree. Although, to be fair, compared to other World Cups, I haven't seen that many like memorable golazos. You're, you're one, right, you're right. There's you know, okay, so there's there's the Richardson one, obviously. That's yeah, the, the number Richelson, one, everybody that's agrees. number one, yes, yeah. Uh, I, I think there's also the one that uh, Argentina scores that did take a deflection, but it was still a good, nice shot, the outside of the foot, uh. You know, yeah. as the ball's coming coming the, but, the opposite way. But even then, like, sends it sends it. But it's away. not. But it's not a. Um, you know, it's not Hamas Rodriguez. It's not like a Shabalala or like Hamas or yeah or right. or, uh, or Van Persie. Van yeah, Persie. Like um, it's not even because uh, I grew because last year's was it goal the tournament was uh, I mean the goal of the tournament is going to go to Richardson. I mean it's one hundred percent unless something happens in the next four games it's going to go to him. Yeah, yeah, something can still, still happen. happen. But yeah, um, but something can still happen. Uh, who was it? Who scored it? Uh, oh my God, the, the French guy, uh, Pavard. Pavard. He well, his Pavard. His, oh yeah, the defender Pavard. Oh my yeah, God, the bend that on that was, thing was ridiculous. Yeah, like this is similar. I, well, not as good, not as spectacular. No, 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 close to as spectacular. no, no, no. I'll stop you right there. There's it's no similar in that it was a French defender. <laughs> Fine, I'll give you that one. All right, guys. So we move on to the final uh, quarterfinal that took place. The Cinderella story, Morocco, who uh, makes it to the quarterfinals. The fourth African team to make it to the quarterfinal. Take on, once again, heavily favored Portugal, who absolutely annihilated Switzerland in their previous match and uh, that was a game where, like, well, you know what? If we didn't have a dark horse before, we have one now. You know, can Portugal uh, be the one to uh, stop France or make that a, at least an interesting contest? Do we get that Argentina-Portugal final? Do we get Messi versus Ronaldo? Because the world deserves this. Um, Morocco said, fuck you guys. <laughs> uh, Morocco with a Yet again, another upset becomes the first African nation to reach the semifinal. Now, here, here's, here's what I'm going to say about this. Um, as I said before, have never been, for whatever reason, have never been a Morocco fan. I have followed, followed some of the other African nations in the World Cup and have enjoyed watching them um, 
Senegal, Nigeria, Cameroon, um, you know, all of these teams I, I've watched, I enjoy them. I can get behind them. Morocco just wasn't there. Maybe it was because, again, in the in all the World Cups that I've ever watched them, they've never really given me any reason to watch them. They don't win games. They don't come out of the groups. There's nothing special, right? Cameroon made a debut, quarterfinals. Senegal made a debut, quarterfinals. Ghana made a debut, quarterfinals. Um, maybe that's kind of what's you know captivating me. Where Morocco is like, yeah, I've seen these before, these guys before. They don't do anything. I've seen Tunisia before. They don't do anything. Still not a Morocco fan, but boy, do I tip my hat hat to them because regardless of if they're not playing, you know, the beautiful game, not traditionally doing what other teams normally do. You don't get to the semifinal of a World Cup without allowing a single goal and call it an accident. Like, you can call an accident maybe the first couple games. But the fact that you've done it in five games, you've yet to allow a single goal? Yeah, you're doing something right. (laughs) It may not be pretty. It it, It may not be popular. But goddamn, is it effective. Morocco takes out Portugal. One nil. Guys, talk to me. <laughs> well, it wasn't. It wasn't just that as well. I mean, they, they. That's what's gotten them here for sure. But what surprised me in this game was that Morocco really was going on the front foot on this one. They were really going for getting goals and and putting out attacks and you know opening up and, and we hadn't seen that before. And that was that was really surprising to me. Um, and man, they they. I thought they played a really great game. Morocco was, I think you brought it up last time, Morocco fired their coach or changed their coach uh, a few months before the tournament started. Uh, Nasser Stroke, because he has outwitted some giants. I mean, Morocco did not have an easy road to to this uh, semifinal. Um in the knockout rounds, they face Spain, they face Portugal, neighbors, neighbors of theirs, uh, uh, and and in the in the group stage, what was their, they, who do they who do they play? They played Belgium, right? Canada. They had mm-hmm. Belgium, Canada, and Croatia. So two Croatia. finalists came out of this group. Yeah. Um, you know, which is. Which is crazy to to think. I think it's happened before. It's happened. That's happened before. It has, but usually one of them is is expected to be there. Yeah, you. you, Well, I would say you should expect Croatia to be there. Um, Um, I I think not traditionally, but you should. uh, We should have expected Croatia to be there. Um, But I mean, you know what? However, you do it, you you get it done, and you have to apply Morocco for that, and they. I think at this point, if they can neutral, if they can find a way to neutralize Griezmann and Mbappe, I think they have a fighter's chance at this game. Of course, that's easier. That's easier said so than done. Sure, but, sure, know. of course. But but you know, I feel like Southgate did a pretty good job with England of neutralizing Mbappe for a big chunk of the game, and yes. I think they can take a page out of that for. Uh, for for this the, the game they have coming up, but credit to them. I mean, incredible run, even not, if it ends here. Um, what an incredible run for Morocco! 
I'm not entirely sure how psychologically if this hurts or helps Morocco because in one sense I think nobody really expected them to beat Spain in the round of 16 and again for for what it's worth it was you know a a, a game where they knew that if well if if we <clears throat> go out and look for this game, right? If we go out and open up and we try to go toe-to-toe with Spain, they're going to absolutely destroy us. We have to sit back. We have to absorb. And we're going to have to get really, really lucky in that if we get a chance to score, you better score it. Um, they didn't do that, by the way. And by the way, they did create. They just didn't score it. And then they ended up going on winning on on, on penalty kicks. And then you go into the quarterfinals going against Portugal, who, again, who just finished demolishing uh, Switzerland. And though... We expected Portugal to win. We didn't expect them to win in that manner. I'm not sure if Morocco felt that they are now playing with house money, right? Or if they're like, you know what, we have a chance to go on further. Is there a pressure of being the first African team into the semifinals? If we if we don't get it, is it a disappointment? Uh, are we playing with house money already, right? Were they more relaxed, going into the Portugal game. And now going into the semifinal against France, are you now in the position where like, okay, well, we have never reached this uh, this stage of the tournament ever. We are now officially the, 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 the first team, or first African team to reach the semifinals. And we're about to go up against the champions, the defending champions who are also favored to, re- to repeat. I don't know if they now feel that the pressure is off and now they're now they truly are playing with house money or do they feel pressure like, dude, the final is literally one game away. Like we can do this. If you're playing relaxed and you're losing that focus, wait, I'm playing with house money. You lose focus. You kind of stop caring. That's bad. If you do feel like, yeah, we need to win this game. We can win this game. We're one, one way away from the final. And you kind of keep that concentration. You know, who knows? Again, you're going to need a little luck. Um, you are going up against, again, your greatest adversary. As as much as, as difficult a game as Por- uh, Portugal and Spain and, you know, every other team that you face on the way here, including Croatia, um, this is by far your, your toughest test. So it's going to be interesting to see how they come out psychologically. Uh, are they relaxed? Are they under pressure? Um, I think what they've done is all obviously very um, just phenomenal. Um, you, you, they'll always have this regardless uh, what happens next. The only thing that I have, uh, and again, I, I don't take anything away from them the way I don't take anything away from what happened in 2002, is that someone had mentioned on on, on Twitter that you know uh, they posted a of someone saying, when I get to the quarters, when I get to the subfinals, I want to see the powerhouse teams go up against each other. That's what you want to see. You don't want to see the underdog there. I say that's half true because I, again, I wanted to see Brazil, Argentina, right? Uh, France versus Spain is obviously a game that you want to see and that you expect in a semifinal or a semifinal or a semifinal or a final match in the World Cup. So for Morocco to just kind of just throw everything out of whack is both good and bad. If Morocco were to become like a dominant force in the World Cup, 
not just, okay, this is the last time we're ever going to reach the, the knockout rounds. Because as I said, I don't think they had won a game for since like 98 or 94 or something. So there was a lot of downtime there between what they're doing now and the last time they had won a game at all in the tournament. Now, if now all of a sudden they become players in the World Cup, like you see some of the other teams did, like Ghana, for a little, for example, where it's like, oh, there's a Ghana team in there. You know what? Maybe they don't win the World Cup, but you know what? You can't take them lightly, right? Then I'd be okay with it. If this is literally the last time we see Morocco in the knockout rounds for another two decades or so, again, not taking anything away from them, but it goes back and like, ah, this is really fluky. Good for them, but this was really fluky. The way Turkey was. You haven't seen them in a World Cup since. So, um, it is fun for a while, but at least now I want to see Morocco kind of be consistent in that. You got to the semifinals. I hope that you're back in 2026 here, and I hope that you are able to make a good showing and prove that this wasn't just, you know what, we had a good run in this, and that was it. That's all we get. Like So, we'll see what happens. Okay. Well, I, I guess that all just depends on the organization. Because right now, what we see on the field, I think they have a good backbone and can completely continue I hope so. with this. I hope so. Um, I want to become a Morocco fan. Like I said, th- th- there's been other African teams that I, I, I genuinely enjoy watching. Um, I go back, and there's some of my favorite games of like the tournaments, um, in said tournaments. So, um, yeah, uh, hopefully Morocco can, can can do something similar and just kind of be consistent in uh, their results in uh, future World Cups. All right, guys, the semifinals, the final four, unbelievable. As I said, Morocco is in there. Croatia is in there. And then the two giants, Argentina and France, that was my pick to get into the final. Let's break it down. Argentina versus Croatia. That takes place tomorrow, at least from the time of this recording, that this takes place tomorrow, Tuesday, 11 o'clock. We're going to be seeing either Messi for the last time or Modric for the last time. Who is it going to be? That's, that, that's not true because there's a third place game. Either way, I there's two games at this, this team. These teams. That's, yeah, true. that's true. I, I don't watch it. I don't care. That's true. Play skate. But that's yeah. like sure, sure, sure. It, you know, it's the consolation for sure, but it's not literally the last time we're going to see them. It's there's going to be fair. another. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. What do you guys got? <sighs> Fuck, man. I don't know. I mean, of course, you want to go with the favorite, which is Argentina. Um, but I definitely can see how Croatia could completely put a wrench in this. I mean, again, I'm the type of person, I'm the World Cup viewer that is down with any result, like any result, even throw the, you know, do Morocco, Croatia in the, at the final. And I'm freaking happy. I, I really want to um, see that final. That's that's my dream final right now. <laughs> Morocco, Croatia. But you, but you know what? You know what I mean? But you yeah, know what I mean? Yep. Like, it's just so to me, it's whatever. But I'm going with Argentina right now because I would just go favorite. I don't want to not see Modric, but I mean. I mean, it's their both. It's both of their last World Cup in their careers, right? I mean, it yeah. has to be for Modric too. Um, but do we want the the, the storyline of Messi more? You know, ah, I don't know. I'm going with Argentina. Uh, okay, so let me ask you guys this: um, If Argentina wins and they make it to the final, they win the final. Does that put to bed the argument between? Messi and Ronaldo as who's the greatest player 
No. It, no, I, no, you don't think that puts you don't put that, but, that, that but, puts the argument to bed. But it's no, I, I think uh, the argument the argument a, was but, already put to bed for me. But Messi will always have the go, the the bigger golden yeah. star because he has the World Cup. No, I, I think for me, just like pure, like regardless of what they accomplish, you know, you can say let you know Messi didn't have you know the international trophy and Ronaldo with less. People yeah. around him got the Euro. I don't care. It's it's basically it's kind of like is Messi better than Maradona? Well, Maradona won a title. It doesn't matter who had better. Maradona skill. won two, and, um, and Pele won three. Yeah, and so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> like like it, it's just to me, it's like, dude, it's obviously that there's different circumstances that different players around different eras, different like it, it's hard to compare. Yep, it's totally. hard to compare. I don't take anything away from anyone who's won it before, but it is a different era. But, um, so maybe, maybe not, harder. maybe not of all time, maybe not of all time, but of this generation, do you think that puts that is, that no, to bed? That, me, does that put Messi over Ronaldo at any point? Okay, for, so let me ask you. So then, let me ask you this. I mean, for some people, it will, and for yeah. some people, yeah, yeah. I think That's for the Messi crazy. people, it's, yeah. it is going to solidify it. And for the Ronaldo people, they're not going to yeah. care. So, but I mean, but there is, but there is one thing you could always say is that Messi has a yeah. World Cup and Ronaldo doesn't, and that's hard. That's hard to argue you know, against. That's hard. To, you can't. You yeah. can't. Or you can't argue so, with that. You know. But you can. But you. But but saying who's better, I don't think you can say who's. But I think career standing is. How so you so so, so then let me have, add I mean, this wrinkle. Let me add this wrinkle, Lewis. Because I don't. Well, because let me say go, this. Go, go, I, go, I don't go, go. like. I don't like the whole. Well, he won a World Cup, so he's got to be better. I'm like, dude. So the guy who plays in MLS for Atlanta is better than Ron- is is better yeah, than Ronaldo. I mean. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I'm sorry. So like, no, me, but like- you couple there's there's one there's one thing being on the team that also won the World Cup in the way that you can call, uh, you can call, uh, what's his name, um, God, now I'm blanking on his name now. Galaxy guy that makes the deals that we also want out, not Klein, the other guy. Uh, Karowski. Karowski. Jovan Karowski technically won a Champions League with, with Dortmund. Well, he he didn't play. He wasn't integral to that team winning the 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 trophy. He was just also on the team, so he has a Champions League trophy. But, but we're talking about who's the best player. It's not sure, about but we're talking about the it's central skilled, pieces. Like- we're talking about the central pieces to World Cups. And so, I mean, to, to teams in, and, and, and who's the best, you know, whatever. Okay. So let me throw the wrinkle in then. Do, if, if Croatia beats Argentina, makes it to the final, Modric wins the World Cup, does he slip in to that conversation of what being one of the greatest of all time? I, I because think he's I, got the world, he's taken Croatia to the World Cup and won. Modric. 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 Yes. Does he does he oversee yeah. or does he overpass Ronaldo and Messi in that in that uh sense? No, because no, because because no. you can make the same argument for like we had said like if if Messi and Ronaldo weren't around, how much more love would you know Fabregas not Fabregas, uh Iniesta would have gotten, right? If those two didn't exist, Iniesta by far would have been the best player on the planet while he was winning a world cup while he was doing the things he was doing in Barcelona. But because Messi was on that team, because Ronaldo was doing what he was doing and yes, I got overshadowed. Same thing happened with Modric in that sense. The fact that he wins a world cup is obviously fantastic. Phenomenal. Again, you can say the same thing that he did. Uh, he did more with less 
than you know Messi had. But overall, as far as like right. talent and what pure skill and individually what they're that they were capable of and what they did day in day out for their clubs, it, it's still Messi. I don't. It's just not close to me. It's not close for me. Um, it, it's been messy. It always like will be messy. Um, and I even said it like if again if, if he didn't exist, we probably would talk about Modric a hell of a lot more. But there's so many players that you can say that with Iniesta being one of them. De Bruyne probably another. Xavi. Uh, well, uh, Xavi, De, Bruyne, yeah. De Bruyne hasn't really. She hasn't on the, won anything. On the, on the what does De Bruyne want? He's only won the, the Champions League a bunch of times. I mean, not Champions League. He hasn't won the Champions League. He's won. Uh, the the Premier League a bunch of times. That's it. I thought he won the Champions League. Did they, did Man City win Champions League? No, the Man City Since, has that. Sorry. No, so I mean he he, oh, well. he didn't win it when he but, was with like Bruges or whatever. I don't know what Belgian team he was with, but he, he didn't win it with them. So De Bruyne but, has I mean, not won anything. So, so there it is. He's like he's he's the Carl Malone of. But Modric, uh, but Modric <laughs> has won. Modric has won Champions right, League. Right. Um. Either way, to answer your question, no. The answer is no. So, anyway, let me give my pick. Um, As much as I would love to see Croatia and Morocco in a final, uh, I think this is probably going to be the the best game between the the two, between France and Morocco or Argentina and Croatia. I think this is the game to watch. Like, this is the one you circle and bookmark and, you know, record and all of that. Because I think this is going to be a massive, like, 3D chess battle between two great teams and two great midfielders. Uh, and, and it's, there's certainly like different styles at play here. Um, but Argentina, Argentina has to score early and often because the longer that game stays zero, zero, the more advantage Croatia is going to get. I would love to see Croatia. I, I, like, as Bobby said, I don't care which team goes through as much as I would love to see Messi win a world cup. And sort of put a lot of the, the things to bed, and and I feel like winning a World Cup. I career. feel like winning the World Cup would lit would lift a massive weight off of his shoulders because he's forever been in the shadow of Diego Maradona, and 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 you know, and in part always had Cristiano Ronaldo right on his heels. I think that now is his time to shine, and I think that that puts him and he he. A player like him, who is a phenomenal, you know, once in a lifetime kind of player, deserves to get that top prize. And I do feel like if he does win the World Cup, he'll grow a foot taller uh, because all of that weight will be off of his shoulders. Um, so I do have Argentina going through, but I really like I you cannot count out Croatia. Yeah, I ha- I have as I said earlier, I have Argentina and France. That was you know what's left of my bracket, <laughs> which is completely messed up. It was messed up after the groups. Um, I had them in the final. Uh, I said whoever won the Argentina Brazil game <laughs> would have won the whole thing, um, and I had Argentina winning that game. Um, obviously, I have to. Pick Argentina here, but if Croatia wins, honestly, at this point, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be disappointed. I wouldn't be, you know, it, it's not something that it's something that we probably should expect. We'll put it that way. This is this is definitely a winnable game. 
for 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 Croatia. So, yeah. and game number two, the uh, I would say David versus Goliath, but it, it's been like that the entire tournament for Morocco, France versus Morocco. What happens. Oh, man, I mean, this one's gonna. I mean, David said to 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 mark your calendars for the Tuesday game, but don't mark any game other over any other game. Watch them both, people. They're both two different days. Two I different days. Is, yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't. I don't think France is gonna be. Um, I think they're gonna be surprised. I don't think they're gonna be as dominant as this, as we all ex- expect them to be. At least I mean on 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 the the on the scoreboard. I mean, um, I think. If Morocco can continue this incredible defense and this goalie can just continue to stop Golasso's from getting into his, the back of his net, uh, Morocco have a chance because France, man, they're shaking in the back. And like I said, they they like they, they shoot themselves in the foot. I remembered it this time. Um, and if they do it this time around, uh, I think their luck is going to be gone. Um, I know everybody's going with France, but I'm going to go with Morocco. <laughs> wow. David, did you, did you, um, did you pick it? It's, uh, it's, no, 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 no. Uh, I, I don't think it's a, a very brave, um, you know, shocking. Also, quick shout out to the header oh that the Morocco God. made I, in the last game. Man, that the, was the one, awesome. The one header that everybody, like, is amazed by, by Cristiano Ronaldo, um, they, this dude jumped higher than that. Yeah, he this jumped was higher, higher than, that, than, yeah. than that header. Everybody was like, oh, my God, look at how high Cristiano Ronaldo jumped. That, that, guy, that guy said... I don't know. Hold, yeah. hold, hold my tears. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. No. Sad, sad for Ronaldo. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I mean, I mean, I guess it's like like years in right, different. Right, right, right. Okay, uh, okay. No, but seriously, uh, Morocco incredible accomplishment. Um, I did feel like France was kind of unstoppable in this tournament from from the outset. I feel like I, I think I've I've been on record that France is looking really strong. Um, I would love to see, you know, the Mbappe versus, uh, you know, the heir apparent um, uh, versus versus Messi in the final. I think that would be, in a, you know, e- either way, whether it's Croatia and France or Argentina and France or Morocco and Argentina or Morocco and Croatia. I think, it, you know, all those combinations are going to be a phenomenal um, spectacle. Um, I do think that France is going to win this game, but I do think it's, it'll be, it'll be tight. Cause they, like I said, Southgate showed with England, um, that France is not invulnerable. And as Bobby said, maybe there are, they are a little bit uh, shaking the back with, um, Hernandez, uh, filling in for his, for his, uh, his brother, maybe not his top level as, as his brother was, you know, unfortunately he suffered that torn ACL in that first game. Um, I do, I do think that France is going to get through. I think I think the cream is going to rise to the to the top. It's going to be Argentina versus France. Again, I, I I can't take anything away from a team that makes the semifinals and has yet to allow a single goal. And it's hard for me to say that they have no chance against France. They had no chance against Spain. They had no chance against Portugal. They had no chance. They had no chance yeah, this whole tournament. They had no chance <laughs> against uh, Croatia. They had no chance against Belgium. Um, so they have defied 
every just every ounce of like rationale that makes sense in this crazy sport that we love um but ultimately it it, it has to be france right i mean the cinderella has to at some point it, it reaches midnight um and i think this is i think this is it for morocco um <laughs> it's it's not like they haven't you know completed any other tall task but again uh, just despite all the uh the difficulties they had in every other opponent france is by far the most difficult one and um you're gonna have to go up another level um and again be a little lucky at the same time so um i'm gonna have to give this to france guys i'm sorry and that's it guys that does it for us here on uh, balls and corruption the next time we talk well it'll be uh the finals so this is david and bobby signing off good night everybody this has been a good cup oh yeah and we'll definitely talk about that after the final we'll see you guys next time bye